All right, so let's jump into some week two action. And we'll start with the first game on the slate, and that is the Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. Buffalo is favored to win this game by three points. All right, and here are the keys to the game. Buffalo's keys to the game. Number one, don't be afraid to test the Dolphins secondary. Last week, Mac Jones threw for 280 yards. This may not be the same secondary it was a year ago. So, yes, Buffalo should go deep and put points on the board quick. Number two, if the run game is there, use it. Last week, Devin Singletary almost ran for seven yards a carry, and they stopped using him after 11 carries. You know, shame on them for that. And number three, don't allow the Dolphins to hang around late. Last week, the Dolphins stole a game that they did not earn because the Patriots, despite dominating them, allowed them to be in the game, scored field goals instead of touchdowns, and as a result of it, the Dolphins won. Any points for the Buffalo Bills, Josh? Yeah, for the Bills, I'm just going to say, come on, Amy. Come out fast, come out hot, and take let Josh Allen be Josh Allen and take deep shots to Stephon Diggs. Sounds good. All right. And from the Dolphins' side of the football, Miami, you need to run the football. Like, honestly, they need it more control. Patriots dominated time of possession last week. They In two series alone, they held the ball for 15 minutes in the second half. Just two series alone. Miami needs to control the clock with the run. Number two, they need to get pressure on Josh Allen. Like most of last week, uh, you know, uh, Mac Wilson, uh, yeah, Mac Jones, not Mac Wilson. Mac Jones had all day to throw, and that was the, the Dolphins' pass rush needs to get better. And number three, bend but don't break. It's okay if Buffalo scores points. Just make them field goals. Josh, thoughts? No, I like it. I honestly, um, I think the point spread here in this game is very broken. I, I don't think this is a three-point game. No, I, I, think I, mean, I don't either. Maybe not one of my top picks, but, you know, we'll get to those picks later on too. So, yeah. All right. So, yeah, let's move right along. Now we are going on to the Houston Texans at the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> Cleveland is projected to win this game by 13 points. Keys to the game for Houston. Number one, stop the Browns' rushing attack. <laughs> you, you know, honestly, this, this is going to be a tough uphill battle for Houston. And if they can't stop Chubb uh, and Hunt, they really can't do this. Number two, win the turnover margin by plus two. Again, it reflects kind of how ridiculous a Houston win would be here anyway. Number three, control the game with the run. Thoughts? Uh, it- I have none. It's it is not a very good game. The crazy thing is they could do everything I just said and still lose the game. They could do everything you just said and still not cover the plus thirteen. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. The bright hope. The bright hope for Houston is that Odell's already out. Yeah. So maybe some more like that, and maybe Houston gets a chance. I mean, Cleveland side of the ball. You know, it, it once again starts with the way it started last week, a healthy dose of Chubb and Hunt. Number two, force negative plays early. You know, honestly, if you if you um, if you get this team into a couple of uh, third and longs and three and outs early, they're going to hold up really fast. And number, you know, three, um, number three is treat the Texans, Texans as seriously as they treated the Chiefs, because the only one who's going to stop the Browns from winning this game is the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, I would add just, you know, keep pounding it to Austin Hooper. Let, let him take the game away. And when you add Hooper, Chubb, and Hunt together, you can easily just control time of possession. And Houston is not the type of team that's going to score every time they have the football. Nope. The Browns probably will score almost every time they have the football this, this game. Yeah, uh, it's a very strong chance. And and really, this is one of those games that could get out of hand and end up with a, like a 40-minute time of possession, too, because I don't I don't see much hope at all for the Texans stopping this. All right, moving right along to the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. New Orleans is projected to win this game by about three and a half points. My points to the game, number one, get Marcus Calloway involved. Get a huge connection with Jameis Winston in the, uh, in the preseason. And though the, uh, you know, they had no problem scoring points against the Packers, that's not going to be the case every single week. That game was an anomaly. You need to get your the guy who looked like your top receiver in the preseason 
in involved in more of the offense. Number two, stop Christian McCaffrey. Easier said than done. Maybe just limit Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey isn't the reason why the Panthers won last week with New York. If New Orleans can get a a, a better performance than that and keep CMC out of the end zone, then you know what? They can they can prevent themselves from being in in a in a very weird, weirdly tilted game. And number three, they need to find their offensive identity. And I get it. So many people are excited that Jameis Winston threw five touchdowns last week. He did it on 140 yards. Alvin Kamara had 80 yards rushing. Like, honestly, I don't know what this offense is. I watched them for a game. I watched them put up 38 points, and I have no clue who they are or what they're doing. Find it. Any thoughts? Yeah. My one big thought for them would be let Jameis be a little more aggressive. Um, five touchdowns is cool, but 140 – wait, I think it was 148 yards. That's not cool. Yeah. So try, try to see what you've got. If there's a team where you can try to see what your offense can do, it's probably this week. Uh, <clears throat> but, again, if, if CMC decides that he's going to own this game, he's just going to own this game, there's not going to be anything that the Saints can do about it. Yeah. And that brings me to my first point for Carolina. It's unleash CMC. I mean, it is clear that he's back last week. 180 yards of total offense. Yes, he was limited at the times when, uh, at some of the times when he was needed the most. However, at the end of the day, CMC is back. He was being fed by Carolina, I think, like four of the first uh, five plays last game. And, uh, you know, uh, need a lot of him to, to win this game. Number two, get pressure on Winston. Like we saw the, the, uh, the pressure on Wilson last week, and we know what Winston has done in the past as a turnover machine. And I get it, things are different, but. You know, who knows uh, if he's starting to get hit around by uh, Reddick Burns, uh, you know, Brown and company uh, a little too often. Maybe those turnovers will come back. And number three, be, be opportunistic on offense. We know you're not going to score a ton of points unless Christian McCaffrey comes into a, into a crazy game. But when you have the ball on the plus side of the field, you have to score. And you have to go on a few drives, uh, a few longer drives, even if they just result in field goals. When they have the big opportunity, they need to take it. Thoughts? Yeah, I would take it a step further and say be opportunistic on defense. Okay. Um, you know, Jameis Winston throws picks. We know what he is. He's not hiding anything from us. When he throws the football, go grab it. You know, go up and get it. He's not the most accurate quarterback in the league. So try to force him to be – force Jameis Winston to beat you because he's not going to do it. <clears throat> and, you're, you know, I know I think Quattamore is out this game, right? Yeah. So it is going to be a little struggle, but go get the football and give CMC the ball with a short field. So at the end of the day, this, this match I think is much closer than – um, either their week one performances would, would indicate, like, I don't think New Orleans is going to come out world beaters. And I, for me, I feel like this is too close to call because I actually think this Carolina D matches up pretty decently against uh, what, what what would appear to be the strength of the Saints offense. But, um, you know, really, this game is more about finding what identity the Saints have, in my opinion. Correct. All right, moving right along. The Denver Broncos at the Jacksonville Jaguars. Denver's favorite to win this game by six points. First, uh, Denver's key to, uh, key, uh, keys to victory. Number one, frustrate Trevor Lawrence. Get in his face. Let Von Miller and Bradley Chubb do what they do and uh, just give him nowhere to go in that secondary that is elite. Uh, number two, force turnovers. Honestly, I you know the, the Broncos offense is better than it appears to be. But Broncos are not going to win games if they're not plus in the turnover category. I, I think that that's going to be a uh, – I think that's going to be something that they will become their bread and butter this year. And number three, don't try to force anything on offense. Like, this game can quickly sway if, if Teddy Bridgewater is trying to throw downfield and, and make a big play against something that's just not there. It could also quickly uh, – you know, it's uh, – a smart quarterback knows when to – throwing incomplete as opposed to take a sack, and they know when to take a sack as opposed to throwing an interception. Bridgewater's got to do that. 
Yeah, I would agree. I think um, what I would say is do exactly what you did last week against New York, and, and you should be okay. <clears throat> Just continue to pound the ball. Yep. Let Teddy be. Let Teddy be Teddy. Let him run. Let him do the things that he does great. You know, throw the ball 10, 15 yards. Run the ball 10, 15 times, and uh, and spread it out know, because they have he, enough weapons to where if someone's being double covered, that means there's someone who's winning their matchup. Right. I am interested to see what KJ Hamler can do in the absence of G- Jerry Judy. Yeah. All right. Next up, Jacksonville's keys. Uh, how about using James Robinson? Like, did you forget what he did for you a year ago and you didn't use him at all week one? Maybe you could, you could have controlled some of that clock if you actually, I don't know, committed to the right running back. Um, number two, protect Trevor Lawrence. Uh, they were in a space. All, a, 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 a not so great uh, Texans defense was in the space all, all week last week. It's kind of like, you know, this guy's your franchise. He's your future. Um, you're going to have to do much better against Von Miller and, uh, and Bradley Chubb. And number three, do the opposite of what they did on defense last week. I got nothing to say beyond that because I think that does it pretty clearly. Yeah, I think for Jacksonville, the biggest thing they can do this game is try to control Trevor Lawrence's mentality. Yeah. If they if they can keep him in the game and they can keep him focused, they can win the game. If he starts getting in his own head, I I don't know what their odds of winning this game are. Just like I don't know what their I think that's going to be a continual theme all year for them. Yeah, and you know, obviously, that defense needs to find an identity too. Um, right. I, we don't we don't see this game going any way but Denver, right? Now, oh yeah, this is Denver's game. It, it could be a three point victory. It could be a twenty one point victory. So I'm not necessarily comfortable picking a score because this is this is one of those type of games where the Broncos could control it the whole way and win seventeen sixteen. Right. Yeah, I agree. But all right. Moving right along, San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, 49ers are projected to win by three. Their keys to success, they need to avoid more co- more costly injuries. Like, I, I get it that they have no control over that, but it needs to just stop. It, it was a super, it was a, it was a, uh, it was a team that went to the Super Bowl the year before that just got ransacked with injuries that ended up the, as the worst team in that division. And honestly, we're starting to see it again already. So whatever it is needs to stop. Number two, they need to have a dominant Russian attack. Like uh, their their rushing attack needs to be better than what the Eagles put out for a rushing attack this this week. And number three, they need to hit Jalen Hurts hard. That's not necessarily they need to sack him. That just means if the guy's taken off, you need to make him think twice about taking off again the next time. So, Fred Warner, uh, Drake Lingraw, uh, that's on you guys. I would say, yeah, rush the ball, rush it a lot. And, you know, I don't like having a two-quarterback system, but in this situation, I think mixing in some Trey Lance might help him out a little bit more too. Yeah. But seriously – Find a new trainer. You yeah, know, find uh, a new strength and conditioning coach. Find something. Because whatever they're their doing is what's going on. Yeah, whatever they're doing isn't working. Yeah. All right. Eagles, keys to the game. Um, I said it before. I said that the 49ers, one of their keys to the game was they have to outrush the Eagles. Uh, honestly, I'm saying it back the other way. The Eagles have to outrush the 49ers. This game, I think, is going to be won by the team that controls more of the clock and more of the game flow. And, you know, I think that that, that key is true for both. Number two, harass Jimmy G. But don't harass him so much that they commit Trey Lance completely in the second half. There's a way to keep uh, Jimmy G looking human without making him look uh, um, like he doesn't belong there. So uh, find that fine balance there. And number three, uh, you know, Hertz just needs to – Take what he did last week and continue from there. Uh, no regression. Continue to move forward. He, you know, he's he's five games into his NFL career. This is uh, five starts into his NFL career. This is going to be start number six. And uh, you know, there's there's always room for improvement. Yeah, for me, I'm gonna say the biggest thing here is let Smith be Smith. Uh, 
let him continue to break open and just keep, you know, let him do his thing. Yeah. Yeah. The guy's a Heisman Trophy winner for a reason. Yeah. Uh, I would not be shocked if the Eagles won this game. Um, just saying that right now. Like, I think this is a very close game. I think it's going to be back and forth. I, I don't want to predict the 49ers injury, but I almost, with the way everything's been going, you almost feel like something key is going to happen at some point that just gives Philly an advantage. I think Philly just has a natural advantage by being the better team. Yeah. Speaking of better teams, this is uh, the next game here. You would have already briefly discussed off air, and yeah. I think we disagree. So, uh, New England Patriots at New York Jets. The Patriots projected to win by five and a half points. Patriots keep the victory. Uh, keep Wilson on easy, easy. Keep him running around. Um, yeah, he, he can run around. He can avoid uh, the, the pass rush. But, um, you know, honestly, if you, if you force him to stay uncomfortable the whole game, he will make a mistake at some point. Number two, finish drives with touchdowns. This should be like a no-brainer for any team that's controlling the clock and just and, and just pounding on offense. But they lost last week because they kicked field goals twice on the drives that they took 15 minutes off the clock on. Um, yeah, yeah, they they just need to punch it in. And number three, uh, prevent costly turnovers. Uh, Again, another thing that they lost on last week. So I think that, I think that's self-explanatory. Thoughts? Yeah, I actually think Stefan, not Stefan Gilmore, sorry, Dante Hightower said it great. Wilson is a true athlete, but when you get him on a move, you're not necessarily sure where the ball goes. And I don't think Zach Wilson is necessarily sure where the ball is going to go when he's on the move. Yep. So, you know, don't let him get comfortable in the pocket. Uh, the Jets side, um, run the football. You know, the easiest way to keep some pressure off Zach Wilson is to keep the Patriots defense honest. Uh, they didn't they didn't run the football that effect, uh, effectively last week. It's, you know, it's a, uh, it's a Sally LaFleur team, and they have running backs to spare. Figure out what the combination is. Do that Shanahan thing and go up the hot hand and just run it up to the Patriots' gut. Number two, put pressure on Jones. I mean, it's pretty straightforward the Dolphins didn't get pressure on him last week the the, well, no, the Jets have an opportunity to ha- have a pass rush that can be really good so let Mac Jones see some of that pass rush this week and let's actually see if he can throw for 280 yards when there's people in his face half again and number three I, th- I think it's important like I can see the Jets winning this game but they need to win the turnover battle in order to do it um and they have a defense that can potentially do that Oh. Yeah, I would say I would say attack the running backs. Um, okay. Both New, both New England top running backs fumbled the football last week. One giving up a touchdown to the Dolphins, the other costing the Patriots a chance to kick a game-winning field goal. Yep. The, just keep attacking those running backs, and you know, punch the ball out when you get an opportunity. And they Jets have defenders that can do that. Um, you know, I I mean, I I still very much lean towards the Patriots in this game. I I, I don't I, I don't think the Jets are going to get blown out. I think the Jets are going to be close in a lot of games versus a lot of teams that uh, against a lot of favorites this uh, this, uh, this season. But at the same time, I just think that um, you know at the end of the day, I, I don't I don't think I see a repeat of too many field goals instead of touchdowns. And I think the Patriots will will put a couple of those on the board. Okay. Okay, moving right along. Los Angeles Rams at Indianapolis Colts. Rams are favored to win by three and a half. Rams key to victories. Establish a run. Like, I get it. Matthew Stafford was brilliant last week. And you, and you want it to pass alone. That's not going to happen every week. But people, you know, especially not against a, a defense like Indianapolis. Is. So you need to keep them honest so that they're not over-pursuing and just going back to hit Stafford. Number two, um, Pick up, uh, pick on the back of cornerback. Xavier Rhodes is not playing this game. I didn't check to see who was yet at this point in time, but that means there's a guy on the field that's not used to being on the field all the time. And uh, honestly, you have your their receivers are so diverse that whoever that person's covering is probably the first person you should be throwing to. 
whether it's Cup, mm. Woods, Jefferson, so on and so forth. Let's get some backup cornerback 12 tackles this week. And number three, stop Jonathan Taylor. Um, here's a chance that the guy can keep your, that offense off the field. Therefore, he must be stopped so Stafford and company can be on the field. Thoughts? Yeah, I just think it's um, – they can't expect that big play they got against the Bears. You know, there was two big plays that were just broken plays that they turned into touchdowns. Yep. Probably not going to get that this week. So be prepared to actually run the football, use Sonny Michelle and Daryl Henderson, and take away some of the clock because you're going to need first downs before you get a touchdown this week. Yep. Uh, Colts, other side of the ball, dominate with the run. I get it. It's first Aaron Donald and company, but you know, you got Jonathan Taylor, you got Marlon Mack, you got Neon Hines, you got you got a running game that can literally just run up almost anyone's gut if they really just tried to. Uh, and it makes it'll make things easier for Carson Wentz and company and maybe some play action. So uh, number two, force turnovers. You don't want to see that that, that Rams offense uh, get into a rhythm or a groove, and one of the best ways to do it. How about intercepting Matthew Stafford? How about punching it out of uh, one of the running backs' hands? You know, uh, it's not you know it it's something the Colts did defense did all the time last year. So let's see it again this year. And number three, prevent the big play. The last thing the Colts need is a seventy-yard touchdown reception. The Rams had way too many of those broken plays last week. And, uh, you know, if if the Colts don't pay attention to it, it'll happen to them too. I, uh, I'm going to say use Michael Pittman. Yeah. Michael Pittman is, uh, you know, I know you love Jonathan Taylor and stuff. I think Michael Pittman's probably your best guy with the ball in his hands. Get the ball into Michael Pittman Jr.'s hands this week. Let him make things happen for you. Let him do what he does. Unless he's and, I would one the only thing that I would counter on that on, if Jalen Ramsey is lining up on him the whole game, I wouldn't challenge Ramsey too often. Does that make sense? Well then if Ramsey's lining up against Pittman, you still have Zach Pascal. Yeah. And Paris Campbell. Yeah. They have receivers in Indianapolis. They need to find the one that's going to be on the exact opposite field of Jalen Ramsey. And just end this game by just controlling the control the clock. Yeah. You know, give us a game that at the end of the week, every fan that <clears throat> every fan that had to sit through that game says, "Oh my goodness, that sucked." Give us that game. That's how you win. You win the game by making this one dirty. Yeah, uh, de- definitely agree. And I actually think the Colts are going to make this game dirty. I'm not 100% sure sure that they're going to win that game because because the Rams can play dirty too. Um, mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think the Colts will control the pace of the game. I'm just not sure if that's going to be a win for them necessarily. Does that make sense? Yeah, oh yeah, it does. I just think that if you're the Colts, the only way to win the game is by not letting this be a fun game. Yep. All right, moving right along. Cincinnati and not Chicago. very fun games. Oh, what was that? I said, speaking of not very fun games. <laughs> Cincinnati <laughs> at Chicago. Bengals are uh, the Bears are favored to win by two and a half. Bengals keys to victory. Um, slow down the rushing attack. Uh, slow down the rushing game. You know, honestly, the the more times you get the ball in Andy Dalton's ha- hands, the better for the Cincinnati Bengals. <laughs> like. Yeah. Uh, it's so if you could take David Montgomery out of the equation and just force Dalton to throw 40 to fit, you know, 40 times, um, things are going to be really good for Cincinnati. Uh, number two, hit the big play. They did it with Jamar Chase last week. Uh, they, they have that potential all the way around, you know, Nixon, Higgins, uh, Boyd, so on and so forth. So I, I think they need a couple of big plays. And Chicago showed they, that they can give them up last week. Do we really think that this Rams defense is so much on a higher level than this bank, this bank, uh, this Rams offense is such on a higher level than this Bengals offense? Um, and number three, protect Joe Burrow. Don't know if it's possible, um, but yeah, Joe Burrow's got to stay upright. 
thoughts? Uh, I think that they need to stop being so uh, cowardice. They're regular play. They're regular play. The, the aggressiveness that they play overtime with and that the way they were willing to take the risk to avoid a tie, I think they have to play that style here. Be willing to be aggressive to avoid, to avoid the loss. I agree. I like that. Um, I mean, at the end of this, at the end of the day, I, I like the Bengals beat the Bears. Me too. Um, I think I think Jamar Chase is the difference in this game. Yeah, and I think the only way the Bears win this game is on the back of David Montgomery, or if Andy Dalton is so bad in the first quarter that the fields uh, that the Bears actually decide to put in Justin Fields. And then I love the game. Mm. Uh, but I don't think that's going to happen. So Yeah, I think this is one of the games where if you're looking at gambling on a game, this is probably one to avoid because you don't know when that magic trigger is going to come in. Oh, where they just say, we didn't go over the Bears' keys to victory, by the way. Uh, oh, yeah. So in hindsight, uh, harass Joe Burrow. Uh, control the ball with the run. So big game from David Montgomery. And uh, play Justin Fields. That's my third point. Yeah, I like the third point a lot. I think the third point is probably your most effective one here. Yeah. Uh, it's just, are they willing to play Fields? I, I don't know the answer to that question. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I feel like I do know. I feel like Justin Fields is not seeing any significant playtime this week. I feel like this Bears team might have to be out of it to put uh, to put Fields in, um, which is sad. Moving right along, Las Vegas Raiders at the Pittsburgh Steelers. Raiders uh, Steelers are projected to win by six and a half, and uh, Raiders keys a victory. Uh, spread the ball around. I mean, it's did, did anybody else see that last week? Like. They threw to no one but Darren Waller in the first half, and they were losing. And they started spreading the ball around and still getting a healthy target share to Waller in the second half, and they won the game, right? Right. So, so yeah, spread the ball around. He doesn't need 19 targets. Uh, number two, play mistake three. Um, yeah. No, no interceptions, no – uh, no, no fumbles and, uh, you know, n- no huge plays on the other side of the ball. And number three, shut down the run. Uh, the Steelers have, uh, have made either a great call or a fatal error by committing to Najee Harris 100% and playing him 100% of the time. I know that we go back and forth on this, but I, I think we can both see the other one's point of view to an extent. Um, if the Steelers are going to commit that, that much to the run, then shutting off the run is Mike Frazzle, Mike Tomlin a little. Thoughts? Yeah, I, I'm i not going to be able to disagree with you here. I think the biggest key is to, you know, not get so predictable. You know, not continuously doing the same way. They run me almost to remember the Titans last week where the coach says he has seven plays and run like butter. But they have like the Raiders were running the same seven or eight plays, and they were not working every time. And granted, when they worked, they worked. I mean, we saw what happened in the game. But try try to be something different, because Mike Tomlin is Mike Tomlin is not gonna let you run Darren Waller over and over again before he just takes him out of the game and neutralizes him. You know? Yeah. All right, and then Steelers keep the victories. Feed the hot player. Like honestly, if that does turn out to be Najee Harris and he's and uh, and you can get him to a buck seventy, then get him to a buck seventy. But you know, last year the Steelers thrived on a big week from Chase Claypool, a big week from Deontay Johnson. Um, I I wanted to say a big week from Juju Smith-Schuster, but I'm not sure that actually happened. Uh, but the thing is, it could happen with any one of four weapons. Uh, don't stay committed. Adjust and. You know, Tomlin needs to pull a Shanahan, and he needs to go with the hot hand that week. And because anyone there, there's anyone of like up to five players that can win a game by themselves for the Steelers sometimes. 
Uh, number two, protect Big Ben. Honestly, this whole thing falls apart if you can't keep Big Ben upright. Uh, and if and if you, he keeps getting thrown on his back. And number three, I actually think it's important for the Steelers to win the turnover battle. And most of the time, you know, I, I think it's more important for an underdog to win it. I actually think the part of what the Steelers established last week showed that they have to have that they have to be that suffocating team to win the game. So I think Steelers have to be plus in that margin. Your thoughts? I think you have, in order for like everything you've said, I also would say that move T.J. Watt around. Don't continuously put him, like last week, they didn't have him lining up the same way a lot. You know, they continuously moved him around and gave Josh Allen different looks. If they yep. continue to do that, and you, know, you paid the man $100 million, let him go make his money. Yeah, because he will make it. Like, you know, you got you were uncreative with him last week, and he, and he made it. So... Imagine what happens if you get creative. Um, you know, like, not enough to call it and not enough to bet it on or anything, but kind of digging the Raiders a little. Like, is there a chance that the Steelers have are coming off of a high that's just a little too big and the Raiders might keep this just a little too close? And, yeah, I'm thinking Pittsburgh still pulls it out in the end, but – the, the Raiders kind of scare me a little. Yeah, the Raiders had that chance. I mean, Josh Jacobs, if he has red zone efficiency issues. Josh Jacobs is not playing on Sunday. Uh, well, that really hurts my fantasy teams, and I should have known that earlier. Um, uh, I, I, yeah, it's, uh, it, was, it was announced by the first people about an hour ago. Oh, yeah, so, that, in I other words, ESPN will probably be in, uh, you know, fantasy sites. Oh, uh, ESPN's fantasy site will probably be announcing it in another hour. Which is why, everybody, you make sure that you listen to the J-Mill for Real podcast every week because J-Mill will make sure you have your fantasy stuff up to and, date and uh, ready to go. Yeah, check my Twitter feed. Um, the, the minute that I get something from, from, the, from the first person reporting it, I am retweeting it. So, uh, and most of the time, that's quick. That most of the time, that's an hour quicker than the ESPN fantasy site. So, uh, well, yeah, hey, no, J-Mill, what is, what is that Twitter handle? Uh, it is at jmail for real and uh, there was an underscore in between the uh, the J and the M, and uh, yeah, no, it'll be in the in the show notes because there's some weird capital letters in it too. But uh, you know, that's a, at jmail for real, and it's uh, uh, with it's the same thing on Instagram and TikTok too, and um, yeah, and on all social medias, and uh, yeah, become part of the jmail for real community on Facebook. Um, we have various different, you know. It, it, there's some level of interactivity. All my articles for World and Sport on, are on there. So um, thank you for World and Sport for allowing me to write for you. All the podcasts are listed on there. And, you know, and a few additional things too. So become a part of the JML for Real community today. That was my that was my nice middle midway plug for you. Yeah. It's, um, I mean, it's always nice to have a to have a nice smooth segue into that. So, <laughs> so speaking of smooth segue, how about them Vikings? Yeah, how about them Vikings? Um, yeah, uh, at the Arizona Cardinals. Um, uh, Cardinals are projected to win by four. Hmm. Okay, uh, we I got some stuff to say about that later in the show. <laughs> but Vikings seize the victory. Uh, protect Kirk Cousins. Um, you saw what happened last week to Ryan Tannehill, right? <laughs> Ryan Tannehill is a lot more mobile than Kirk Cousins. Good luck. Um, number two, play mistake three. Um, man, I almost can't take this game seriously. Uh, yeah, yeah. So they need to play mistake three. They need to, and you know, they then they also need to. Um, no, that wasn't that. Uh, yeah, established a run game with Cook. Uh, yeah, my eyes drifted up for a moment. I'm kind of like, I was wondering why I said that for the Vikings, because the Vikings didn't really have a ton of turnovers last week. But yeah, number two, establish a run game with Cook. If they can control the clock, they may be able to, uh, to pull out this game. Uh, but Cook needs a nice dominant performance this week, in my opinion. And uh, number three, prevent the big play. Uh, that's on both offense and defense. Like, what happened last week with, uh, with Hopkins and Kirk can't happen again. What happened last week on the Vikings game with Jamar Chase can't happen again. What happened last week on the fourth down 
uh, to uh, Yamoza cannot happen again. The Vikings just gave up a ton of big plays last week, and the Cardinals had a ton of big plays last week. Um, it can't happen again. Thoughts for the Vikings? Yeah, for the Vikings, it's going to be spread the ball and feeling and Jefferson just enough that the Cardinals can't lock in on which guy is the hot hand. So, you know, Thielen's a better pass catcher, better route runner. Jefferson has much more explosive ability. So I say uh, spread the ball equally between the two of them to try to force the Cardinals to make a mistake and cover the wrong guy with the safety. Yep. And then on the Cardinals side, um, honestly, I know you just talked about one of the Vikings' keys to success being – uh, uh, being spreading the ball between Thielen and Jefferson, but uh, I, I want to force the Vikings to throw the football. So I want to stop the run. I want to force Cousins to, to drop back against Jones, Watt, and company um, and see what happens from there. Number two, I, I want to give Murray the time to create uh, the time he needs to create the big play. Uh, we saw the video game moves that Kyler Murray was put, uh, putting on last week. And uh, yeah, because, you know, he had enough time, he had enough blocking to do it. Um, He'll carve you up if, if you give him enough time, mm-hmm. like the Titans gave him last week. And number three, I think at the, at the end of the day, uh, the Cardinals really can control this game start to finish as long as they play a mistake free. There can't be that costly turnover. There can't be that, uh, there can't be that 70-yard uh, touchdown from Justin Jefferson. So if they, if they do what they do, they're the, they appear to be a much better team. Thoughts? Yeah, I don't have anything else to add to that. I think you summarized him perfectly. I think it's hilarious that the Cardinals are only favored to win by four points. Oh, yeah. Um, we'll get to that in the picks, but that yeah. is that is not good. Yeah, so, um, yeah, this game is so – this game might be more one-sided than any other game than the Monday Night Football game. Um, but, yeah. Uh, Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers is the next game on our slate. The Bucs are favored to win by 12 and a half points. And here are the Falcons' keys to victory. <laughs> I can't say it with a straight face. <laughs> so uh, hit the big play on offense. It's kind of like, you know, honestly, the Falcons aren't going to win unless they go over 50 a couple of times. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, you need monster games from everyone on that offense. Uh, number two, win the turnover battle by at least two. Um, it probably should be by at least three, considering that it's Tom Brady on the other side of the football and considering that it's the, the defense that you're facing. And number three, establish a multiple score lead early. Um, yeah, this just sounds like I'm trying to make fun of the Cardinals with this, but, you know, the truth is the Bucks were used to playing from ahead. Um, they, it, you know, it's... And they're, they're, they're good at coming back at the end, too. So it, it's one of those things where it's kind of like um, maybe maybe throw off the game a little and uh, and force the, the Buccaneer run game to completely disappear a second week in a row. Maybe that does something. Thoughts? Uh, give Tom – put cocaine in Tom Brady's car and then make an anonymous tip to the police. That's the only way that the Falcons win this game is if they can find a way – to get Tom Brady arrested yeah. prior. That to doesn't that. even guarantee that, 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 that they would win, though. That, that, that's a crazy thing because that, that Tampa Bay defense could take over by itself. And honestly, with, with, with the way the offense is clicking as it is, I, I'd have to think that Bruce Arians has a wrinkle for even if Tom went down. This is actually the type of game where you have to hope that the opposing team gets food poisoning and half of their starters get wiped out with explosive diarrhea. Yeah, or, or a COVID outbreak uh, is reported tonight or something like that. Yeah, th- this game is a joke. And um, <clears throat> the only reason it's watchable is because the over is not the greatest number. And I, I do expect some points here. But this game is – this is almost an unwatchable football game. Yeah. Uh, Bucks keys to victories. Uh, I should just say play Buccaneer football. But I'm going to say keep Matt, uh, Matt Ryan in duress, uh, establish the run game, which they really don't even have to do. But it would be nice if they actually showcased a little bit of that this week. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, my, my last point that I simply put down, I might as well have put down play Buccaneer football. It's like let them know their place. 
Like, you're the defending Super Bowl champion, and you're playing potentially the worst team in football. Let them let them know that. Um, I, I don't. We don't need to summarize after that, right? No. Okay. Uh, let's let's move on uh, to the Tennessee Titans at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks are favored to win this game by six and a half points. Titans keep the victories. Number one, first and foremost, shake off last week's performance. Um, that's sometimes that's the type of game you lose twice. So don't lose that game twice. Number two, unleashed Eric Henry. Uh, I know it's very simple. It's not like the Seahawks have the greatest run defense in the world. So uh, how about just get him his 200 and, and three touchdowns this week? Mm-hmm. And uh, number three, protect Ryan Tannehill. Um, yeah, uh, clearly couldn't do that last week. Um, he is the best play action quarterback in the league. Uh, he needs time to set up anything he's doing. There needs to be a run game pleasant, uh, present. If you can't block, then that offense can't function. Thoughts? Yeah. Um, figure out where your beast of a running back went and go get him back. Um, yeah. File a missing persons report if you've got it. Go get Derek Henry back. There's no way you can let him have that kind of a game again and win. So they've got to they've got to just continuously hand the ball off to him, either until he breaks something free or he breaks down. One of those two has to happen this week. Yep. Uh, Seahawks um, limit early scoring. One of the best ways for the Titans to feel comfortable about uh, uh, going into this game after last week's debacle is to get a few quick early scores. So Seattle, if they limit those early scores, they can keep that last game fresh in the Titans' set. Mm-hmm. Number two, hit the big play. Um, <laughs> Pete Carroll regretted it when he said it in, uh, in the uh, press conference at the end of last week's game, but he said let uh, he said Russ and Cook in the same sentence. Yeah, let Russ Cook. Uh, honestly, this offense is so much better when it's falling through Ru- Russell Wilson as opposed to Chris Carson. Um, and we, we already – so last week, Tyler Lockett still has it. How about a big game for TK this week? And number three, um, which is a lot easier to say than to do, but take away the run. No matter what the Seahawks do, if Derrick Henry is on a revenge commission this week, they're not going to win the game without stopping. Right. That's That, that for me, is my uh, my biggest takeaway for the Seahawks is try to, try to foster Henry and try to let last week's bad performance carry over. Because that, that game last week is the type of game that could cost you two, you know, because they, they might need a rebound week. And that's so why I want no part of, of picking anything for this game this week other than a Henry score. Because at the end of the day, this could be a, a, a lose two, and this could also just be a statement game for the Titans too. I right. don't think there's a middle ground. I think this game becomes a blowout at some point in time. I just don't know which one of the two teams is on top. Yeah, I, I agree completely. Now, the next game is actually the probably the game I'm most looking forward to this week, Slate. Is this America's Game of the Week? Please tell me this is America's Game of the Week. I have no idea. I hope it is. I mean, there's like, no I really way. hope it's not Tennessee, Seattle or Atlanta, Tampa Bay, to be completely honest. Like, when I look at this game, this is America's Game of the Week. And I, I don't care what, what the networks say, to be completely honest. Oh, yeah, this is by far the most excited I've been for a regular season, like, week two game, I think, ever. Oh, yeah. Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Chargers. Chargers are projected to win by three and a half points. Here are the Cowboys piece of it, piece of victory. No duh. Spread the ball around. Everyone on that offense and their mother can score a touchdown. <laughs> it's just a, it's just the truth. It's like that offense has so many weapons. Just just give it to whoever's open because someone's going to be open every play because there's no way that you can line up and cover everyone. Uh, even if Michael Gallup isn't playing, it, but Cedric Wilson's good. Um, yeah, honestly, but. Uh, quick side note, I, I like him in daily fantasy leagues this week. So, Cedric Wilson. Number two, uh, limit the run. Um, yeah, 
I mean, it didn't necessarily work for the Washington football team last week, but uh, got to make sure Austin Eckler isn't killing you this game. You got to make sure the Chargers aren't controlling the clock. And number three, play opportunistic defense. Like, honestly, we know the, the Cowboys can't play great defense. We know they can't even play good defense. But we know this. They can cause a turnover. Or they can mm-hmm. follow up a offensive holding penalty with a quarterback sack. And that's what the Cowboys need to do uh, to win this game. They need to have a goal line stand. They need to have a, they need to have a couple of third and 20s. Uh, and though that's how the Cowboys get out of drives, and and that's how they separate themselves from their opponent. Thoughts? I would just say it's very simple here. Score thirty-five. You score thirty-five, you win. You don't score thirty-five, you might lose. Score thirty-five. That yeah, that that's that's pretty simple. <laughs> yep. Charges Doesn't matter down. how you do it. However you need to do it, score 35. Yeah. Charger side, um, don't try to win a shootout. You, you, can't, you can't go toe-for-toe with this offense. So, force a Chargers game on the Cowboys. Don't allow the Cowboys to dictate it. Uh, number two, uh, get Eckler more involved. Like, no targets last week. Uh, honestly, if your offense is struggling, which it was, which part of that's the Washington defense, um, why don't you actually go with what works best for you? That's throwing passes back there. Um, you know, he needs to have more rushing yards, which he can against the Cowboys. And he honestly, 200 all purpose isn't out of, isn't out of the uh, question for Eckler this week, especially against that defense. Get him it. And, uh, Number three, um, my eyes drifted for a moment. Uh, turn over the Cowboys. Honestly, that's the way to stop the offense. Uh, punch it out. Catch a, uh, catch a jump ball. Um, you, you have a defense that can do it. You know, you, you have guys like Bosa you, 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 uh, and uh, Derwin James. And uh, Asante Samuel Jr. is looking uh, pretty decent now. Kenneth Murray, because uh, your white had a forced fumble last week. Uh, turn over the Cowboys. That's that's probably the easiest way to stop that offense. Thoughts? Yeah, I'm gonna say let Justin let Oregon Herbert come come back. Let Justin Herbert be the Justin Herbert we all saw at the University of Oregon. Don't make him be the guy that you tried to show me last week. You know, yeah. let him be a college quarterback, and he'll, and he'll show you why you're why you need to pay him. Uh, any thoughts for this game overall? Uh, I'm so excited. Like I said earlier, I'm so excited about this one. It's an instant classic, right? This is going oh, yeah. down to probably who has the ball last, right? Oh, yeah. I'm borderline giddy about this one. Um, this is this is going to be basically like that opening game we got from Dallas and Tampa Bay, which, you know, might be one of the best opening night games we've gotten. This is going to be that same caliber of game, I, I think, and I hope. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I definitely – I think this game is going to uh, – after we are done watching this game, I think it's just going to be one of those games like, wow, that was entertaining. Um, and, you know, with, with, with the line so close, I don't want to necessarily pick a winner. But I, I, mm-hmm. I really think this comes down to uh, who gets that last possession or who gets the bonus possession. Like, if a team can manage to have less possession of both halves. Yeah, and I mean, I think that this game, if you, if this is the America's Game of the Week, followed up with that Sunday night game, man, it's it's going to be six hours of sheer joy to be a football fan. Yep. So let's head to that Sunday night football game. Kansas City at the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, the Chiefs are projected to win by three and a half. Here are the Chiefs' keys to victory. Um. I know it sounds stupid, maybe even borderline cocky saying it, but play to win. Mm. Um, we saw very different Chiefs teams in the first and second half. And once again, we saw how effortless uh, Tyree, Kelsey, and Mahomes made it look. Um, you know, if, if, if this was not a family-friendly podcast, I would definitely use different words. Uh, it, it, uh, to, 
emphasize this point, but uh, we're just going to keep it at play to win right now. Uh, number two, stay healthy. Um, again, I know that this is giving the Chiefs a lot of credit again, but, uh, you know, uh, honestly, I, I think that goes without saying, stay healthy there. And number three, care about the first quarter. How many times, how many times do we have to see the Chiefs down uh, big in the first quarter or down big in the first half before they actually decide to play a full 60 minutes? Uh, Cause honestly, if they don't play the first half against uh, Baltimore, uh, they could potentially find themselves in a huge hole. And I get it. They came back from that huge hole with Cleveland, but it's not going to happen every time. Eventually, one of these teams is going to say, ha-ha, and, um, yeah, um, make them pay. Thoughts? I would agree. I would also say, spy Lamar all game long. Don't ever come out of a, a cover two to type, spy type situation. Just continuously spy him. And don't let him beat you with his legs. Yeah. Uh, Baltimore side of the football. Um, you know, I, I, and I know everyone does this versus the Chiefs when they come out uh, and they come back, but you have to do it. So jump out to a multiple score early lead. If there's one thing the Chiefs have proven to, to give up, to be soft on, it's, uh, it's how freely they allow teams to score in the first couple of quarters. So – Baltimore's got to do it because, you know, Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay finished the win. And I get it. That was different circumstances. But uh, we, we have seen that things can happen that, that allow the team, uh, team opposing the Chiefs to finish the victory. So still got to jump out. Mm. Number two, control the clock with the run game. The Ravens still have a dynamic run game with, uh, you know, uh, Williams and, and Murray and, you know, whoever else they choose to put in. And, and obviously Lamar, too. If any team can protect a two-score lead in the in the league, there is no versus the Chiefs. There is no team that will be better at it than the Baltimore Ravens. And number three, uh, don't turn over the football. The Browns were doing the exact formula that we gave uh, to win, uh, that we gave Baltimore a chance to win, and Nick Chubb on a run where he looked good fumbled the football and the mm -hmm. whole game changed at that point so don't fumble there instead go down the field score that touchdown and go up by three scores rather than have rather than have the lead cut to one thoughts yeah i mean i would just say hold on to the football yeah right <laughs> you, you can't continue to give the ball back to the other team without getting points from it Hold on to the football, and they'll be completely fine. And when it comes down to this game overall, like, you know, you, you don't pick against the Chiefs, but you don't pick the Chiefs either because the Chiefs, we don't know what we're going to see from them. We don't know how much they care. We don't know if slash when they'll decide to turn it on. So, honestly, I'm, I'm probably not picking a Kansas City Chiefs game the whole season. Hmm. Because the Chiefs do have that unique ability to not give a crap. Yeah. Yep. So. All right. Uh, you have any closing thoughts on that game, or do you, do you just you just kind of agree with that? <laughs> like, I I just agree with it, and I'm very <laughs> again. It's a game I'm. Super excited for. Okay. Honestly, I, I think the game is going to be a good game because the uh, man. I don't know whether I'm complimenting them or insulting them when I say this. The Chiefs have a tendency to play down to the level of competition. Mm -hmm. And the Ravens are the type of team that can take advantage of that. Because you have a bunch of guys on that defense like Marlon Humphrey and Patrick Queen and, you know, uh, just going down the list, it's kind of like uh, the, these guys will make you pay if, uh, if if you allow them to hang around too long. All right. Moving on to our Monday night football game, and uh, that, then we'll get some picks right after that. We're not going to spend a ton of time on this. Uh, Packers, short lines at Green Bay Packers, lines 
the Packers are projected to win by 12 points. Uh, Packers keys to victory are uh, play pissed off, have a huge early lead, and establish the, uh, the run late. Thoughts? Ew. What? I just said ew. Yeah, right? <laughs> you go from that 4.30 game and then to that amazing Sunday night game into this game. Yeah. Ew. And we can make up some BS, like uh, Detroit Lions way to victory, like, you know, control the clock with the run game and win the turnover battle by two plus and prevent Rodgers from destroying them. But at the end of the day, Aaron Rodgers is going to determine who wins this game. Yeah, I mean, you got to bite their kneecaps off, right? That's, yeah. that's yeah. the only way you're winning. Yeah, you got to bite Aaron Rodgers' kneecap off in the first quarter. Yep. Man, some things will never get old. Like, Bill O'Brien got old. Biting the kneecap off, that's, that's going to last like 10 years after Dan Campbell leaves. Oh, yeah. So you mean like 2031? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's get on to the part of the show that, I, that we're most excited for. And uh, I don't have any dramatic music for that portion yet, but I will get it at some point in time this season. Here are our week two picks. All right, I am going back to uh, to an earlier game today uh, with uh, where the Houston Texans are heading to the Cleveland Browns. Uh, yeah, no, give me the Cleveland Browns laying 13 points. Yes, I will lay the 13 points. I don't care. This is not a 13 point game. This is a this is a 21 plus points game. You know, you force me to lay 20 and a half. I'm I'm still laying the points with the Browns here. All right, uh, next we have the uh, the. Buffalo Bills at the Miami Dolphins. Uh, the Bills only have to lay three and a half. Like, seriously, I get it. This is a divisional game, and a lot of things can happen in divisional games. But this feels like an overreaction to a bad loss to the Steelers. And honestly, Josh Allen coming out, he, they're going to have that uh, they're, they're going to have that three and a half so safely put away by halftime that, you know, yeah, this is this, I will take Buffalo and lay the three and a half. Next, we are going to go to uh, San Francisco Philly game. And uh, yeah, um, I, I have a commitment to take at least two underdogs a week. And honestly, I don't think the Philadelphia Eagles should be an underdog. So uh, Eagles and give me the plus three is, is a very easy call. Uh, I've said it a few times. Uh, this Eagles team reminds me of a Ravens team of two years ago. And uh, Hertz now has thrown for more, uh, 300 yards more times than Lamar Jackson. So uh I will take I will take the Eagles plus the points as many as long as the Eagles are getting points this season, and then I'll start laying points with them too. Um, next, we are going to the Tennessee Titans and the Seattle Seahawks. Honestly, at the end of the day, uh, I think that I think that um, Derrick Henry is going to make his mark on this game. Like I'm a little nervous about picking the Titans because he could lose it twice, but. Uh, Give me a lot of Derrick Henry, and uh, honestly, a if the Titans don't find a way to win this outright, which I think they're going to win it outright, uh, they will definitely cover six and a half. They're not losing by a touchdown plus. So give me the Titans and six and a half points. And then, uh, honestly, I'm going to take an easy one here. Green Bay Packers laying 12 all day, every day. Uh, you can bite Aaron Rodgers' kneecap off, and I still think he'll find a way to, to bury this team. Um, I, I don't think this is – I think this is a game where you have the luxury of catching up on some sleep at the end of the night and uh, turning the game off at halftime. Um, nice. So, and uh, just a few other quick props. Uh, I have the Bills and the Dolphins going over 45, uh, 47 and a, and a half points. Um, I, honestly, if, if you can see one team potentially scoring over that in a game themselves, um, which Buffalo what, had a couple of 50-point weeks last year, um, and I think that they've been destroying the Dolphins. So I, I think that over 47 and a half feels good to me. And uh, as far as touchdowns, uh, you can't hold Derrick Henry and Mike Evans scoreless through a two-week period. So uh, I have Mike Evans and Derrick Henry. I'll, I'll be playing Mike Evans and Derrick Henry to score touchdowns this week. So we weren't that clear as to picks. I do have uh, I do have some team picks, and I have some pride. Or, uh, overpicks for you okay let's do it for all the same reasons you said i i you know and i, I have my my uh it's nice because i have actually my slips in front of me i did go buffalo minus the three and a half 
I, I just think that is a huge overreaction to what happened last week. <clears throat> um, then uh, I really, really like the Arizona Cardinals, given that I just found uh, I just found them at three points without having to sell anything back. Wait a minute. How did I not pick Arizona? <laughs> yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think that is the lock of the week. Yeah. So much so that, um, you know what? When I was making my picks at the end, my eyes must have just jumped right over the game because I don't even yeah. think it's a game. <laughs> I mean, it depends on which, um, which, where you look at picks and stuff like that. The place that I utilize, or one of the places that I utilize, allows you to uh, do alternative lines or alternative lines, which is the line score doubled. And I actually have the Arizona Cardinals giving up six. Yeah. I'm going to add right. Arizona as a six pick for me this week for the record. So sounds good. I like the over a lot in this Tennessee Seattle game. The over is 54 and a half. I think the only way that we don't get it is if Derrick Henry does struggle again. Guy's a freaking beast, man. Yeah, this game could, and I know I predicted a blowout one way or another, but this game could also be like a 38-35 sort of deal, too. Absolutely, it could. Um, I mean, 28-20, you know, 28-31 is even pretty reasonable. For crying out loud, if the Giants-Redskins can score over 55, I'm sure that these two can. Um, The other pick that I really enjoy, I actually like – the um the over in the Chiefs Ravens game as well. That one's set at 53 and a half. I, I think both teams can easily score four times. Yeah. I also think it's possible, you know, you you saw what happened last week. If you fumble the ball and give Patrick Mahomes less than 50 yards for a touchdown, you might as well give him six points and go get your kickoff. <clears throat> you know, and I, I think that's good. And if you don't mind, Mr. Miller, I'm going to throw one kind of little more crazy pick for your fandom here. Oh, I don't mind. I like crazy. So we go up to our friends up north. Okay. And we're going to take the Mancha All Alouettes to beat the BC Lions this week. Okay. <laughs> um, we're going to give you the three and a half points. We really like it. Um, in Canada, they have this crazy rule where if you punt a touch, if you get a touchback on a punt, it's worth one point. Oh, wow. And Montreal by far has the best kicker in Canadian football. He averages four points a game scored for himself. They have an explosive run game. And <clears throat> Dan, uh, Whitehead is up there. Do you, rem- do you remember? Uh, do you remember Whitehead from back in his NFL season? He had like one Whitehead. or two. Seasons. Uh, Danny Whitehead. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's up there, and my my boy gets open. And when he gets <laughs> open, he goes a long distance. So, yeah, there's your uh, there's your bonus pick, the Montreal Alouettes, to cover the spread against the BC Lions. And uh, can you keep track of uh, what, what you picked and uh, know what your record is for next week? Absolutely, I can. I, I greatly enjoy it. In fact, I was willing to say <clears throat> that, you know, I think whoever loses, we, we can keep track throughout the course of all the episodes we do together this season. And you and I, uh, you and I can figure out a little bit of a proposition to make this more entertaining. And uh, maybe get Dave in that action too. Well, you know, I'm starting off four and one, right? Oh, I do. But, okay. uh, but can you really count it as four and one when I didn't have an opportunity? I think your your picks against Dave count as one well, as don't one. My, uh, doesn't my isn't win percentage at the end what we what we're stacking up or? Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's actually good. Let's do win percentage. Yeah. And are and, we doing uh, are we doing gains and props separately or? No, I think it's all one thing, right? Because it's a win is a win. It doesn't matter where the win okay. came from. So I I chose I chose nine things this week. I I I went with uh. uh Six versus the spread, one over under, and two touchdown props. Okay. Yeah, and I with five for the NFL and one for Canada. Sounds good. 
All right, sir. It's been great. Right. Let's, uh, oh, it's been a ton of fun. And uh, I want to thank I want to thank all the fans. Thank thank everyone for tuning in and listening. I want to thank everybody for uh, for the ratings on Google and for on Apple. And uh, just thank you for being a part of this uh, Jamil for Real community. I hope you've been enjoying everything. Please show up on the Facebook page. Uh, you know, if you if you want to be part of a show, I actually still have uh, I actually still have um, I only have a co-host half the time on the Tuesdays. So yeah, hit, hit me up and. Uh, definitely um you know contribute uh, if you have any questions if you have any feedback any criticism any compliments by all means open to all of it and uh thank you for listening to this show and being part of the jmo for our community thank you to anchor for hosting the podcast love and support for allowing me the rights for them and any closing words for you josh yeah just and stay loose guys it's it's the early part of the season for can we stop reacting like teams are making playoffs and losing that losing their playoff opportunities right now yeah <laughs> there is no you might hate me for saying it jamil may get mad if i say it but i'm going to say it anyway there is no must-win game in week two so when i keep hearing people talk about must-win games for this team or that team there is no must-win it's still week two and uh, you know in the words of the great Aaron Rodgers, just relax. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Well, now I'm going to uh, – now I'm going to throw this up like Aaron Rodgers through week one. Ah. <laughs>